The desert reminds me of that groovy scoop cast. Why? Because it goes on and on and on. Welcome to the go-to audio hub for all things Scooby-Doo. I'm your host, Eric. And I'm Shannon. Thank you for joining us. Today, we're talking about an episode from the new Scooby-Doo movies, and we're not happy to be doing such. No. <laughs> Can you give me just one word, a description of your thoughts on Ghastly Ghost Town? God-awful. That's two words. Is it? Yeah. Awful. <laughs> Horrific. <laughs> I have to agree. <laughs> yes, this is the episode we reviewed today, Ghastly Ghost Town. I said review, we haven't reviewed it yet. Yes, this is the episode we're watching today, Ghastly Ghost Town, and oh my god. I thought we were like going into season three on a high. Like We had a great first episode with Jeepers, It's the Creeper. I loved that episode. And then we go to... Ghastly Ghost Town. Which may or may not be receiving one of our lowest scores yet. We'll see. But before we get to that, we are going to begin our Mystery Machine match, the weekly Scooby-Doo trivia competition where Shannon and I try to figure out which one of us knows Scooby-Doo better than the other. Right now, Shannon is sitting with two points. I'm sitting with one. Shannon, you're in the lead. How are you feeling this week? I'm trying to just stay strong. Yeah. yeah. Like, I, I came real close to winning last season. Mm-hmm. It's the third season. It's my turn to win. Your turn. It's my turn. <laughs> <laughs> that just reminded me of when um, Claire Underwood, when she took over as president in <laughs> House of Cards, and like at the end of season five, she just looks at the camera and she's like, my turn. It is. It's my turn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, as always, Shannon, you can go first. In Scooby's... All-Star Laugh Olympics, the team takes part in a cliff diving contest at what famous Mexican tourist destination? Is there any, like, multiple choice? No. Machu Picchu? No. I don't think that's it. Is that even in Mexico? <laughs> I don't know. It's in Mexico. What was it? Uh... I can't even pronounce it. Okay, cover the answer and I'll read it. <laughs> A- Acapulco? Yeah, Acapulco. Okay. Acapulco? A- Acapulco. Acapulco. I think that's it. I got it wrong, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here's your first question. How many appearances did Scooby-D make in the Scooby-Doo Dynamite show? One or two appearances? One? Yes, it is one. Ha-ha. Okay, what's your next question? Scooby-Doo Goes to Hollywood was inspired by what popular 1970s TV show? Happy Days or Welcome Back, Coder? Welcome Back, Coder? No, it was Happy Days. I am not doing good today. <laughs> I know that there's a scene in the movie that, like, spoofs Happy Days, but I didn't think that was, like, the inspiration for the movie. So. I don't know. Okay. Here's your next question. What is the name of the girl goth group the gang meets in Scooby-Doo and the Witch's Ghost? Oh my god, they're my favorite band and they just left my head. They're eco-goths. The Hex Girls. Yes. You basically gave that to me. Uh, yeah. 
What is your final question for me today? This one you will get right. I will get right? Which friend's father has a lot of money? Daphne. <laughs> Duh. Duh. <laughs> Duh. That's why I'm like, if you don't get it right, we're going to have an issue. <laughs> okay, here's your last question for today. The Snow Beast is a legend of what group of people who live near the North Pole? Um, Eskimos? Yes, you're right. Okay. All right, I, well. I think when I was little, we did like Eskimo kisses, and uh-huh. I was like, what was it called? What was it called? <laughs> All right. Well, it looks like today Shannon is continuing her lead with finishing with five points while I finish with two. It's okay because the the faster I gain the points, like you'll definitely catch up sooner or later. That's what we learned from last season. I don't know. So if I can stay in the lead. I don't know. It looks like the stars are aligning in your favor right now. God, I hope so. (laughs) Well, are you ready to start talking about the ghastly ghost town? No, but we have to, so let's do it. Okay. Here is a premise for the episode coming from Scoobypedia. After the mystery machine crashes into a sand dune and gets stuck near the Three Stooges ghost town theme park, the gang try to figure out who's been scaring away the tourists. I mean, yeah, basically that's what happens. It's just... There's just a lot of shit that goes on. My first note for this was, I hate this. Yeah. (laughs) But it's also followed by just an emphasis on the fact that it is nighttime in this episode. (laughs) Throughout the entire episode, they keep flip-flopping on, like, the time of day, whether it be the nighttime or the daytime. It's mainly Fred when he and Daphne are lost in the desert. Everyone else is agreeing that it's nighttime, but Fred just for some reason thinks it's the middle of the day. It doesn't even look like it. Like no. It looks like it's three in the morning. Well, and what got me was throughout the entire episode, it was like storming. Like there's thunder, there's, there's lightning. clouds everywhere. Yeah, yeah, the clouds are out. And then like Fred's like, oh, this desert heat. And you're like, what the fuck are you talking about? But he did have a mirage moment at one point. Yeah, but, but we'll get there. Yeah. Um, The very first thing I wrote down was a quote and it was from Velma. <laughs> <laughs> so they're driving, and I think it was Shaggy was like, oh, boy, or no, Fred goes. Fred said that they're lost. Like, he's yes. like, oh, boy, we're lost. And Velma goes, yeah, I think we took a wrong turn about 10 miles back. <laughs> you fucking bitch. Why didn't you say anything? If you see something, say something. This is how the terrorists win. <laughs> I wrote down that, uh, so I wrote down the three animals that the gang sees out the window while they're, like, entering this ghost town desert area. Yeah. So, at first, they see an alligator. Scooby points it out. And then Shaggy and Scooby, like, both see the camel, who's just chilling there. And then you see an orangutan hanging out the hanging out of a tree. But the way that Shaggy says it, it sounds like he's saying an erotic orangutan. Yeah. Like, okay... I'm glad that you're aroused by that orangutan, Shaggy, but... Congratulations. Yeah. I also made a note about the giant bat. So, frequently throughout the episode, we see a giant metallic bat car ship thing. It almost reminds me of Batman. Yeah, like, when you see it, you kind of think for a second that this is going to be a Batman crossover. Yeah. Because, like, that does look like something he would have. And it's just, like, speeding through the night, and it scares the shit out of Fred, who starts, like, you know, turning the wheel, and he ends up crashing the car into a sand dune. And then, 
So he crashes the car into a sand dune and he goes, is everybody okay? And Thelma goes, yeah, but you should see that sand dune. (laughs) And then he continues to like try and, you know, reverse the mystery machine out. And he just keeps worsening the situation because the mystery machine keeps getting deeper and deeper into the sand. If you've ever been stuck in the mud, you know, like you can't just keep going. Like you have to stop and you have to try and like unbury your car because like now you're stuck in mud. And so like... He buries his car, buries it, buries it, buries it, and then goes, oh, no, we're in too deep. Same with us in this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Three seasons in. We can't stop now. When they all get out of the van, they actually, like, come face to face with the orangutan. He, you know, comes down from the tree, and then he starts running. And the gang sees this set of three silhouettes, like, hiding behind a rock. And they all decide to, you know, just watch what happens. The silhouettes... They they immediately thought they were ghosts. Right, that's right. Velma, I think, pointed out that they were ghosts. <laughs> and it's like, okay. Sure. <laughs> so the ghosts decide to start chasing the orangutan. And when they start doing this, Fred just randomly says, boy, are they clumsy. Like, they haven't done anything They haven't yet. done anything at but all. But right then and there, if you didn't know it was the Three Stooges, now you know. Well, actually, I don't even think we've mentioned yet. Yeah, yeah. This episode crosses over with the Three Stooges. Yeah. And they're not funny at all in this episode. But no. um, yeah, so Fred just randomly is just like, boy, are they clumsy. I think that this whole, like, like this whole, um, sorry. I think this whole scene where we meet the Three Stooges is, like, out of sequence. Because the clips, like, don't add up. In terms like, of, like, who's saying yeah, what at what time. like, the reaction times and just, like, what's going on between the two characters. Like, nothing, or between the two groups, like, nothing adds up at the same time. Like, they start running and then Fred says they're clumsy. And then right after he says that, they all run into each other. I kind of think it's supposed to go, Fred identifies it as the Three Stooges. The Three Stooges do something funny. Fred says, boy, are they clumsy. They capture the orangutan and tickle his tummy like they did. And then the gang laughs. And then that would be when they put the collar on the orangutan and bring him over. Yeah. Yeah. But it's completely not in that way at all. So, yeah, I can kind of see what you're saying where the scenes seem out of sequence. Yeah, because the whole time we're watching it, it was just like, what is happening? I also really believe that because this episode just entirely, not even just in this scene, in terms of the art and animation and what you're seeing, it's all really off. Like the animation is wildly like, you know, bodies are just morphing in ways they're not supposed to. Shaggy's hands give me nightmares. (laughs) Shaggy's mouth disappears at one point. Yes, it does. And there was a good solid four seconds in the episode where the whole screen just goes black. Yeah. You can hear audio, you can hear the, the music, but there's just nothing going on on the screen. And it's just these scenes that make me, you know, like I said, it makes me believe that that's probably something that happened. Because this is the first episode of the new Scooby-Doo movies, fun fact. Not the fun fact of the day, but it's just awful in terms of execution. And I think that's a that's a, a problem with the team behind the episode as opposed to the episode itself. Well, see, and like at this point... The Scooby-Doo franchise was, like, well-known. People knew Scooby-Doo. Like, so my thing is, is, like, how did they get past 
the first episode. Or, like, because most of the time when you, like, go and sign a contract for a TV show with a studio, they give you, like, six to eight episodes. You have to prove yourself, and then they'll re-sign you on. That's why, if you ever notice, like, the first season of a show is usually between six and eight episodes. Sometimes they're 13, but that's only if, like, it's a well-known director and stuff like that. Well, the another thing with the new Scooby-Doo movies, too, is a lot of the original writers from Where Are You left. Yeah. So that's why the characters also seem kind of off as compared to their counterparts in the original series. Mm-hmm. But you can also see a drastic drop in quality between Jeepers, It's the Creeper, and Ghastly this, Ghost yeah. Town. Ghastly Ghost Town comes out probably about a year or two after Jeepers, It's the Creeper. And Jeepers, It's the Creeper was so much better. So much better. Oh, 100%. In terms of look, appearance, there were a lot of really funny shit that was going on in that episode in terms of, you know, some of the characters. But I wasn't offended by what was going on in it. No. And and I mean, we also give, like, Where Are You a lot of shit. But, like, it's still a really good show. Yes. But the new Scooby-Doo movies, on the other hand... It just feels lazy. Yeah. It feels like they decided, hey, let's do double the work and then do half of the work we put into Where Are You? Well, and then also, I think it's also like, because I wonder how much the guest stars got paid to guest star and if that had anything to do with like the budget wise. And that's even if it's the real guest stars. Because, you know, I'm pretty sure there's some characters in this that are voiced by impersonators and not like the actual... But I think, people themselves. I think even to use their name, you have to pay them. I don't really even know. And and the laws could have changed from now to way back then, but I feel like to use their name, mm-hmm. the, you even have to pay a little bit, but then even if you bring in like an impersonator voice actor, like, so that might be a cheaper way to do it. But I mean, regardless, it's just crazy to me because it's like, yeah, you're doing double the work. You're putting in for, half the effort. Yeah. Maybe not even half the effort. Because like I said, the animation is just fucking terrible. Yeah. It's like it's awful throughout the entire episode. And this is a trend we're beginning to see with this show too. Because like, you know, yeah, you could maybe chalk up this episode and um, the dynamic Scooby-Doo affair is just having some really wonky animation. But it's been consistent with this show so yeah, far. Yeah. We're three episodes in and like it's it's consistent. Yeah. Back to this episode. They meet the Three Stooges, and Fred says that they need some help with getting their mystery machine out of the car. So Fred just goes, we need help. And I think it's Mo. I don't know any of the Three Stooges' names. Okay, so Mo has black hair. Yeah, he's the mean one. He's the mean one. Curly is the one with the curly red hair. I thought that was the the bald one. Curly? Yeah, I thought the the bald one was named Curly. No. Curly is named Curly because he has curly red hair. I swear his name is Larry. I no, swear. Larry is the bald one. I'm looking I this up right now, guys. You. Fucking told you. Huh. So Curly has no hair? Yep. I've been getting it wrong for 24 years, you guys. Huh. Okay. Either way. So Mo. So then, okay, so Fred goes. <laughs> I like how we're disputing the other two, but we're really talking about Mo. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Fuck everybody else. So, so Fred goes. We need help. And Mo goes, yeah, a psychiatrist could tell you that. Same. <laughs> like, just everybody's so rude to each other. <laughs> well, I mean, Fred's an asshole in this episode, so this is him getting karma in advance. But no, because even, like, Velma, like, everybody bags on Fred. Fred bags on Daphne. 
Yes. <laughs> like, <laughs> even though Velma's the one that just, and we like, made the wrong turn yeah, 10 like, miles back. The wrong turn. Is everybody okay? Yeah, but look at, you know, but you should see the sand dune. Like, Velma's a bitch. Mo is rude. And then, like, he's just going to take it out on Daphne, who's just been there supporting you this whole fucking time. <laughs> um, they end up going back to the theme park. And the Three Stooges are telling the gang about how they haven't been having some good tourism there. And they had to shut down the theme park temporarily because of all this strange stuff that's going on around the park. The animals keep getting loose from their cages at night. And they keep seeing this bat, the bat car that we saw before. And it's really freaking them out when they keep hearing like all this crazy shit going on all night. And the gang, they... um. You know, they're kind of also catching on to the fact that something doesn't seem right. And at some point, the Three Stooges did something stupid. And a chandelier fell from the ceiling. And then, like, the entire upstairs of the building just starts collapsing, oh, no, that was practically. When, that was when Tyrone growled. Did it happen right then? Yeah. Okay. Because that's when we find out that the dynamite went off later on. Okay, yeah. So, we hear the giant roar. And, again, the building starts shaking and falling apart falling apart and mo even says that the place is dangerous so it's like okay so this place is dangerous for separate reasons in a way from all the bullshit that's going on at the park yes unrelated matters unrelated you run a very dangerous park (laughs) this is when we meet rhino so rhino is one of the three stooges employees he's terrifying yes and is he what what is he is he a caretaker does he just work at the park? I don't think I don't really know what he does. So really they just say, oh, you know what? I think he takes care of the animals because they do ask him to give one of the animals her baby food. That's right, yes. But so, I mean, I don't think we really ever get like a clear description about what he does. We do like hear him get asked to do something. And then he growls back yeah. at you. All he does is growl. He can't actually form words. We, we're going to reenact it. So Shannon will be Mo and I will be Rhino. I, I don't know what Mo said. Just say a question. Like, you can literally say anything. Rhino, can you go feed Gloria her baby food? <laughs> yeah. That's it. That's all he says. It's like, oh, oh, oh. I like that Mo like whispers over to Fred. He's like, he's been acting suspicious lately. And Fred says, So why don't you fire him? <laughs> Right off. Savage. (laughs) I like that in season three of this podcast, the gang is like done with mystery solving. They're just pointing fingers now. Like, you're the villain. You're the villain. The Hermit of the Hills is the villain. They're over it. (laughs) They're as over it as we are. (laughs) So, Rhino leaves and the Three Stooges go and show the gang Tyrone. Tyrone is this giant animatronic t-rex that is just there well and the funny thing is a fun fact not this week's fun fact but a fun fact nonetheless tyrone is named tyrone because they think that he is a tyrone asaurus rex and so later on in the episode once they realize that it's a ty now i'm gonna fuck it up it really messed me up a, a tyrone a t- tyran wow it really got me. <laughs> it really got me. 
After they figure out it's a Tyrannosaurus Rex, then Moe tries to rename him to Ty to Tyran, Tyronosaurus yeah. Rex. And no, like, but didn't Velma also state that at first? Yeah. Like, she corrected them, too. It's like, no, you mean Tyrannosaurus. And I don't think they caught on. No, it took them, like, the entire hour to be like, oh, maybe she was right. So, they're fucking around with this T-Rex. They are all saying, like, there's no way to get in. There's no way to access, like, the controls inside the T-Rex. And then the Three Stooges disappeared. Did they? Yeah. Because when uh, Crunch showed up, they No, it, they ran off because the T-Rex roared oh. and they got scared by it. That's what happened. So they run away. So the gang's still hanging around the T-Rex. Scooby tries to hide by digging a hole and hiding. When he pops out on the other side of said hole, this flashlight appears. This man is, like, shouting. He's like, what are you doing on my property? You're trespassing and blah, blah, blah. And Scooby freaks out. He jumps and he lands on this claw that's sticking out of the Tyrannosaurus Rex's foot. And it opens a door in the tail. So Scooby enters the tail and no one sees him do it. Nobody had seen any part of this whole thing. And Scooby was being so fucking loud the whole time. Like, Scooby was crying and then he, like, stepped on it and was like, ah! And then the door opened, and he was like, huh, and he walked in. Meanwhile, nobody is looking at what is happening. Well, it's because they all have their hands up, because there's a flashlight in their face. Hey, they're good citizens. (laughs) So this guy, he, like, is just saying, all right, all right, time to go, bye. And they discover that Scooby is sitting in the mouth of the T-Rex. And they're like, what are you doing up there? And he's just, like, chilling. Basically. (laughs) He's like, I don't know. (laughs) So he directs them to the tail entrance. They go in. Fred makes a weird comment about, huh, so this dinosaur has a wagon tail. Yeah. Like, okay. They go inside and they discover all the controls. And Velma asks a question. She says, say, so who are you anyway to the guy? Yeah, because meanwhile, he's just like up there with them and like. Yeah. But then when she asks that question, the screen goes to black as if it was going to a commercial for a second and then comes back and then he answers the question. Yeah. <laughs> so his name is, I think, Amos or Amos. That's his I first name. His, first his last name, name is Crunch. Yeah. So everyone just calls him Crunch this episode. And he is the manager at the theme park. And he's also, I think, the Three Stooges manager in general. I think. I'm not really sure, like, who's in charge of who, because I thought the Three Stooges owned the park, but technicalities aside, he works here at the park with Three Stooges and Rhino. And right away, I knew Crunch was the bad guy. I mean, you only ever meet him and Rhino, and that's it. So they're both suspicious as fuck. They're both the villain. Yeah. Captain Crunch. Captain Crunch. (laughs) (laughs) So... I think this is when one of the blasts of dynamite happens that the gang doesn't know about yet. Yeah. But basically the ground starts shaking. There's loud noises going on. Scooby freaks out and just jumps out of the mouth of this Tyrannosaurus Rex. Keep in mind, this Tyrannosaurus Rex is like to scale. Yeah. He's to scale. Like he's not a tiny little thing. It's huge. It's like 30, 40 feet in the air. Scooby's terrified to the point where he just dips. He's like, nope. And like lands head first in the sand. Yeah. Scooby broke his neck. He should have died. Scooby died a few times in this episode. He did. The gang, they like. Got shaken. They fall out of the T-Rex through the tail. They were shook. (laughs) 
I don't know. So they all go back to town, and they then meet the Three Stooges, and... Oh, wait, because Shaggy mentions, as they're walking back to town, he goes to Scooby, and he's like, you know what sounds great right now? A chocolate pizza. Let's go get one. As if that's just something that everybody has. <laughs> I'm gonna go to Pizza Hut right now and just get one. Like, be right back. <laughs> um, but when they meet up with the Three Stooges again, this is when we meet Curly's pet bat, Dingbat. Dingbat is really cute, though. We are confused about Dingbat's gender, though. In the very beginning of the episode, when we meet Dingbat and, like, he, she is flying all the way around and everything, and he goes, oh, come here, come fly in my coat or whatever, like, the jumpsuit. And he flies in there, and he goes, oh, good boy, good boy. And he zips it up. And then at the end of the episode, he goes, um, yep, she's all calmed down. What a good girl. Yeah. And so it's not even that. just Curly's dialogue either, because Mo in the first instance, was saying, like, he freaks out whenever he's around uh, Crunch or whatever, which indicates to me that Crunch is a villain just because he's evidently terrifying animals. But um, I'm sorry, if animals don't like you, you're a bad person. That's a fact. Yeah. Fact. Um, Hence why my cat doesn't like you. <laughs> but then, like, at the end, Velma is constantly referring to the bat by, you know, she, her pronouns. Yeah. So... Dingbat is a boy and a girl. Uh, so then we also find out that Crunch destroyed the voice box that they found inside Tyrone. I missed this detail during the first watch. You caught it. So. Da- wasn't it Daphne that said that? Well, okay. I think it was. While they were in Tyrone before, like, all the noises and the shaking and everything went off, they had found the voice box and Crunch was like, oh, so you found the voice box. Like, how cool. We can turn this off and, like, th- then he'll stop making this noise. Which, like, was confusing to me and was the only misleading piece of evidence that we've received. Evidence? Evidence. It's the only misleading evidence that we've received in this episode because everything else points to Crunch. But the fact that he was just, like, so willing to turn off, like, the biggest thing that was helping him get away with what he was doing... And then when we mm-hmm. go, when after that whole scene and we're back in town talking to the Three Stooges, Daphne mentions that Crunch destroyed it, like, yeah. of his own accord. Yeah. Because the ultimate plot was they were using the dinosaur roars to mask the sound of the explosions of the dynamite in the mines. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah, so I, know, I, like, I didn't even think really about that either. Yeah, so the second time we watched it, it confused me because I was like, wait, so, like, the gang didn't say anything about destroying it and he was just like, let's smash it. Yeah, I was like, what? Basically. Like, <laughs> I've got enough money. Like, let's smash it. Like, it was just so confusing. Crunch also said that uh, the gang, you know, really happily led them to finding that tape recorder or whatever. And this is when Velma went into, like, a blinking fit. Oh, my God. She was just looking at Crunch and just blinking her eyes. In like, love. Yeah. It was kind of like she was trying to flirt, flirt with him. But that's definitely not what, like is actually going on, but it was just bizarre because she's doing that and Daphne's just standing right next to her not blinking at all. <laughs> so I'm just like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> Possession. Um, so, you know, we meet Dingbat and they talk about the chocolate pizza and all of that. And I think it was Crunch who said that, no, you know what he said? He said that um, the three stooges are a bunch of dings. You know, he was, he was making fun of them for being stupid. And Velma starts following Crunch and says, if anything's dingy around here, no, he said, 
She said, what did she say? She said something along the lines of like, there's something dingy around here and it's not the bat. That's what it was. And she just disappears off with Crunch. And this is what initiates the gang having to separate because... They're looking for They all did not see Velma walk away with him. So they all decide to split up and look for Velma. It's funny because when they all actually do split up and you know everyone starts walking away there is a moment when fred's like we have to find her and right behind him as they're walking away is velma <laughs> which was probably my favorite screw up of this entire everything everything <laughs> scooby-doo this was the best thing like ever. animation era yeah and it's just like because we, we both saw it for the first time during the second viewing yeah we missed it the first time we paused it real quick because we both saw it simultaneously just looked at each other like what the fuck we have to find velma hey fred turn around <laughs> i found her I'm surprised Daphne wasn't like, oh, you mean this one standing right in front of me? (laughs) Right. Or is that the demon? Right. Right, yeah, because we established in the last episode that Velma's possessed. Uh, So Velma is now following Crunch, and Crunch somehow disappears on her. He, okay. He, like, went behind a door or something, honestly. it's literally another, like, classic Scooby-Doo bullshit thing of, like, she saw him walk behind the door, and then... And then suddenly he's gone. (laughs) And she was just like... Oh, he must be gone. <laughs> and so she said something about like, that was a disappearing act. And then he from behind the door goes, or Crunch from behind the door goes, well, let's see another one. And then pulls a lever. And, and she-, she goes down a trap door. So at this oh. point in my notes, I divided like talking about the characters into three separate groups because it kept bouncing between the three and none of whatever they're doing has anything to do with the other groups. Yeah. So it was really hard to, like... Keep a story. Keep a story going on on what they're all doing. So I'm going to just talk about each group individually first. Shannon, you can throw notes that you have I literally only ever took quotes, quotes in this and episode. stupid bullshit. So okay. I'll just key in when I can. So we'll start off with the first group. So Shaggy and Scooby decide to go down the road. It was funny because when they were talking about splitting up, Shaggy and Scooby said they were going to go check by the Ferris wheel. <laughs> and Daphne accusing was like, we already checked over there. There was nothing suspicious there. And he's like, I know. That's why we picked it. And Fred's just like, Shaggy, are you fucking serious? And he's like, okay, okay. And, and then- it doesn't say anything else. <laughs> so I'm just thinking, so they went to the Ferris wheel, right? Like, he was just like, all right, and then walked away, and you were like, so where is he going? (laughs) (laughs) I like that they find this box with a frog in it, and he's just like, nope, that's not Velma. I'm glad that was noted. That was fair. (laughs) They find this saloon. It's called the Last Chance Saloon. That's a great name. I want to go there. No. (laughs) They decided to go in there to, you know, search for Velma. You know what it was? They were deciding whether or not to go in there by flipping a coin. So Shaggy pulls out a quarter that has uh, both sides being heads. And he says, tails we go in, heads we don't. And lucky we have a double-headed quarter because, you know, that way they don't have to go in regardless. So he flips it. And the quarter just has a mind of its own. It lands on the ground. It rolls into the saloon, bounces on a bunch of shit, and it lands in one of those automatic pianos where, yeah. like, it just plays a pre-recorded song. But Shaggy and Scooby don't see the quarter go into the piano when they come in. So the piano is just already on when they come in. So it's possessed. To them it is. Yeah. Yes. Um... And Scooby's watching the piano. So you know how in cartoons, 
when a piano is playing and it gets like super passionate about whatever it's playing, like the keys like just kind of start coming off of the piano itself. Yeah. So it was doing that and it was doing a bunch of wild shit. The keys were and Scooby's watching it and he started like getting dizzy and then he just fell over and died. I mean, like, X's over his eyes, he's dead. In cartoons, if you see X's in place of eyes, that, that means they died. Like, it's it's a given. I've never seen this in Scooby-Doo before. So, this is, like, definitively a moment where Scooby died. Yeah. Maybe Scooby is part cat, and so he has nine lives. Or maybe that's just part of him being an alien. We'll see. Hmm. Like, he can die a few times, and it's okay. <laughs> Shaggy tries to revive him in another cutaway by pouring this, like, canister on him. Which turns out to be pure dust. <laughs> like, what the fuck is that? Why do you have that in a container? Like, well, that's the Three Stooges. <laughs> but it revives him. Yeah, Miraculously, the, the pure dust revived Scooby from his death. I'm going to get you that for uh, Christmas. Thank you. Somehow Scooby triggers this, like, secret passageway and he falls down... You know, into, I'm assuming, the basement of the saloon. Yeah. Shaggy goes to follow, but he's scared because it's dark. So this hairy hand just sticks out from behind a curtain and hands him a candle. He's like, oh, great, thanks. Freaks out about the hand and then falls. He lands in a barrel of flour. (laughs) Now, you know, whenever a character is in flour in Scooby-Doo, the characters are going to assume that that character is now a ghost. Yeah. That that's just something that happens in Scooby-Doo no matter what. Scooby thinks that he's a ghost, and he, like, really skeptically trusts Shaggy after he gets the flower off of him. But Shaggy said a really funny quote to me. He said, haven't you ever seen a flower child before? (laughs) That's that's funny. I liked that. It was good. Another note I made was that um, that giant jack-in-the-box that's in the basement of the saloon for no fucking reason... Like, it pops out. It scares the shit out of Scooby for a sec. And then Scooby and Shaggy are now in this, um, you know, hall of mirrors you see, like, in a circus. Yeah. But for one, why is it in the basement of the saloon? I don't know. Because th- this is also in the basement, right? Well, I, okay, I I so keep in mind, this is what just, this is what we just saw. So we fall into the basement of the saloon. You know what? No, we forgot about the stairs. Yeah, the whole flower child thing happens. And then we somehow go upstairs that then turn into like an escalator. And so then they get shot through a door. But on the right on the other side of the door is a slide. So then they go down the slide. So they went like back up and then back down. And the only thing I can like imagine up on like ground level is just a door with two like holes. I don't know. And so, like, you know, like I'm like just I don't imagine like I don't know what's on the on the ground. You drew floor. a diagram, didn't you? I did. I drew like a diagram of what I imagined it looked like because I just had to picture it. But so right on the other side of the store is a slide. So they go right up to ground level and then right back down to underground. And so now we're under something we don't know what it is, but there's all these toys. The Jack in the Box. This huge Jack in the Box. It's, it's yeah, it's ginormous. Like I think it's probably about twice the height of Shaggy. It's when it's closed. probably the size of Tyrone. No, it's not that big. No. No, I think the box is probably about twice as high as Shaggy. Okay. But um, after but they get the Jack in the Box out. Potentially. They get scared by it, though, and that's when they wind up in that Hall of Mirrors, which, again, it's in the basement of somewhere. It's just super random. Like, I'm thinking maybe there was, like, uh, because I think, because you know what, it's like a, um, I'm sorry, I'm struggling. 
it's a fun house. So I'm thinking maybe it's like a two-level fun house, kind of like how we saw in Dynamic Duo. Okay. I don't like it, but okay. I, like, I'm willing to accept it, but it's still stupid. They are looking in the mirrors, you know, because it's, it's morphing their bodies into funny shapes. Something that Shannon actually noted was how Scooby's tail, in the reflection, it kept coming out of the mirror as if it was, like, a real thing in front of the mirror. Yeah. So that's just a really small animation error that we both noticed after a while. And then they encounter the orangutan, who is now standing in the reflection as Scooby. So maybe none of the mirrors are actually mirrors? Oh, so all the reflections are real? Yeah. And those that's, those and that's, are all animals that live in the theme park? Yeah, and so the two Scooby lookalikes. <laughs> and the Shaggies? Yeah. All the Shaggies? But like the two Scooby lookalikes, the reason their tails kept coming out of the mirror is because they weren't actually in the mirror. Because we were confused because Scooby freaks out about seeing the orangutan reflection. And then it turns out the orangutan isn't like like a reflection. Like he just walks through the mirror. Yeah, so and like, so like, it wasn't a mirror; it was like a door, and I'm just like, "What?" <laughs> it's kind of like that episode of um, Mystery Incorporated. Do you remember when Fred like got pulled into the mirror world? Yeah, and he's like in the the future or something like yeah. that. Yeah, and that's what it's making me think of. Like, is it was that a mirror world orangutan? Not the real orangutan, <laughs> just a mirror world. The mirror world one, yes. I don't um, know. But Scooby gets scared, and then he's, like, sitting on top of the Jack in the Box, I think, and then it no, pops. He, no, so he jumped inside the Jack in the Box. That's what it was. And then it pops open again. He lands in the orangutan's arms, and he's terrified to be in his arms. He does not look comfortable at I all. I mean, the monkey's scary. I'm sorry. It is. Like, it laughs, like, maniacally. I don't like it. You know what else laughed? That jack-in-the-box? Yes, it did, because Shaggy said, well, won't you make me a monkey's uncle? And then it fucking laughed. It's like, why? You were a jack-in-the-box. You were an inanimate abject. You cannot laugh. <laughs> Which freaked them the fuck out, and they all dipped out. <laughs> um, And then my other two notes for them, like, while they're all separated... Later on, they did reunite with Fred and Daphne momentarily, but now they're alone with the the gunslinger, the cowboy. Yeah. So they're in the road, and Scooby's confronting the gunslinger. Wait, wait, wait. Because the gunslinger walks up and goes, Hey, dude, I'm telling you to get out of town. Right. First and last warning. And it keeps zooming in on his face. Which is just terrifying. His eyes are just black dots. They're That's dead. all they are. They're <laughs> dead to the world. He has dead fish eyes. He also has a mustache that keeps disappearing. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's there in the close-ups, but farther away, it sometimes just is gone. Um, but Scooby, like, confronts him. Like, he's walking towards him, like, threatening with his fingers. Like, I got a gun. I got a gun. And then it turns out the gunslinger actually does have a gun and starts shooting and scooby's just mortified and just runs for his fucking life <laughs> scooby was not expecting it at all <laughs> i mean i wasn't either though <laughs> so, it was so funny because he was like oh yeah that's my warning and then the gunslinger was like yeah bitch and he pulled out his gun and started shooting <laughs> scooby hops in a barrel to hide and then shaggy like also panics okay. wait no kicks because- over the barrel Wait, because Shaggy made some stupid comment that I just have to say. So when Shaggy, or when, uh, when Scooby jumped in the barrel, 
it like there was water in it. And so Shaggy goes, well, leave it to Scooby to find a barrel full of water in the middle of the desert. Like, it had nothing to do with anything. I think he said rainwater, but it's still equally pointless. Like, so so stupid. (laughs) And then when he kicks over the barrel, no water comes out. No water comes out. out, But it does kick Scooby inside the barrel towards the gunslinger. Shaggy's just an ass. Because that's what I wrote. I wrote, Shaggy's an asshole. (laughs) (laughs) So, now we'll move on to Fred and Daphne. When they were splitting up in the beginning... They said they were going to go look on this other street in the ghost town. But instead, they go wandering out in the middle of the fucking desert. Yeah. <laughs> um, my first note is that Fred said, Fred's talking about Velma and, you know, wondering where she is. And he says, it's as if the desert just swallowed her up. <laughs> What which, are you like, talking about? Which really upsets Daphne because she, she's like, <laughs> don't Fred. say that. She's like, Fred, don't say that, especially with all of these animals we've seen tonight. Like, what does that have anything to do with anything? <laughs> I don't know. Um, what did this episode have anything to do with anything? I know. So then Fred's talking about how the bright, blistering sun is just making him so dehydrated. And it's like, it's the middle of the night. We established at the beginning of the episode, it is nighttime. Later in the episode, I think it was uh, Larry who says, it is nighttime. It is nighttime in this episode. It looks like nighttime. They are in the middle of the desert at like three in the morning. And Fred's dehydrated and overheating by the sun. Well, and then even so, so he's like, oh, you know, this sun really has a way of making you dehydrated. And so we like start sipping the water. Out of a canteen that we've yeah. never seen before, but it's well, there now. And he said something about like making a man dehydrated. Like it was specifically making a man. Because then Daphne goes, well, it sure can make a woman dehydrated too. Did she really yeah. say that? I missed it that. It was something like that. It wasn't like, like it's not that specific quote. I forgot to write it down. But, yeah, she was just, like, because the entire time Fred's just giving all these, like, rude, sexist comments. And it was just, like, and Daphne at one point for most of the episode just isn't having it. Like, she's, like, shut the fuck up. (laughs) This is when we encounter the cactus, (laughs) which raises lots of questions, in my opinion. Derek and I have decided that the cactus is neither rhino or crunch. We're going to explain why as we tell you what's going on. We'll explain after we talk about the Three Stooges in their grouping. But um, at one point we cut back to Fred and Daphne. They're still in the desert. And the first thing Fred says is, the desert reminds me of women. And Daphne says, why is that? And he goes, because it goes on and on and on. And Daphne's not amused. No, Daphne's face is literally just like, fuck you. Like, that's why I said, like, this entire episode, he's just talking shit. And everybody around him is just like, I think a majority of your quotes are from Fred, honestly. Yeah, probably. Um... Fred sees a pool, like an in-ground pool in the middle of the sand. And just starts running for it. He dives into it, I think he attempts. He, with his butt. But he it's, was going to cannonball. But it's a mirage, which... Cause, okay. Because I think it was Daphne that said that like the sun and is causing him to have a mirage. No, you know, it wasn't Daphne because Fred's the only one who's referring to the sun. Yeah. <laughs> but Fred's just like, the sun is just making me have mirages. And it's just like, Fred's the only one experiencing this desert sun <laughs> that's not up right now. <laughs> well, and like what's great about the whole thing is it's literally like pitch dark. 
And, like, you don't have barrages until you've had, like, no water for, like, 20 hours. They've only been out there for, like, 15 minutes. <laughs> and you just drank the last of your water. It has not been, like, 20-some hours, Fred. You're okay. Um... So then at one point they try and cool off because they find that cactus villain. So, okay. So Keep in mind, the cactus is walking. Like, it's walking around and following them throughout the desert. Yeah, it's it starts erasing their footprints. It's, I mean, it's fucking with them. Don't get me wrong. But, so the cactus is, like, standing there. And they're like, oh, we have to find shade. We have to find shade. And so, like, the cactus freezes. And they go to go get shade by this cactus. To which, because, like, they... <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, I'm trying to imagine them trying to find shade <laughs> in the middle of the night in the desert. And then just picking a cactus. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> but so I was very confused. But then even Daphne's like, I never look a gift shade in the mouth. I don't know what that means. <laughs> I was so confused. <laughs> I heard it like three times. I'm like, I still don't know what that means, Daphne. <laughs> I never look a gift shade in the mouth. First off, why are you looking at anybody in the mouth? And second off, what is, what a, is a gift, gift shade? <laughs> I don't know. I have no but idea. Then, so they're like a per- they're perfectly content in this shade, quote unquote, yeah. of the cactus, and the cactus starts rubbing their shoulders. <laughs> he like touches them, yeah, and like. They weren't suspecting this cactus. Like, okay, because they were suspicious of the cactus in general. Because it kept disappearing and reappearing. Mm -hmm. But this cactus, in this instance, they're not suspicious of. Hey, they're not looking a gift shade in the mouth. (laughs) But but the thing is, like, they hadn't caught on to the fact that this is that same cactus. They weren't suspicious at all. It's the one that blew its own cover oh, by yeah. rubbing their fucking shoulders. And then when they catch on now, it just bolts. Like, just starts <gasps> running. Because we see eye holes <laughs> in the cactus. it's blinking at them. And Fred vocally goes, well, who's in there? I see eyes. First off, you tackle them before you say anything about they. Because he didn't realize that he blew his own cover until. I don't know how. Rubbing. He started rubbing their shoulders, <laughs> but. And so then, like, but until Fred was like, there's eyeballs in that costume. Like, that's when he was like, oh shit, and he bolts. Like, had you kept your mouth shut, you could have caught whomever was in there. The cactus does run away, though. And it, it it's apparently, a yeah, it has it behind a rock, but it's apparently an inflatable cactus because it pulls a cork off the top of its head. Like a wine cork. Yeah. And it just deflates and it leaves the cactus there. And Fred and Daphne just find the cactus uh, deflated and they're like, huh, well, we got left holding the bag. I'm like, huh. Ha ha ha. My last note for them during this sequence of, you know, separated groups is just that. When they do find shit. Wait, because my favorite quote. After the cactus realizes that his cover is blown and he starts running away, Fred starts chasing after him and yells, Come back and fight like a man, you vegetable. (laughs) That's my favorite quote I've ever heard from Fred. I I love it. So my last note for Fred and Daphne is just later on when they find Shaggy and Scooby. And it's right before Shaggy and Scooby are about to fight that gunslinger. And 
they also end up falling down that same trap door that Velma did earlier. Yeah, which was weird. And they land right on Velma, which indicates to me that Velma did not go anywhere. (laughs) She just stayed right there. She stayed right where she was. And also, why is Fred landing on so many people's backs? All because of how they landed on Shaggy in the last episode. (laughs) Rude. (laughs) So then the last group that I was just going to talk about before we, you know, have the whole gang reunited again is the Three Stooges. Um, So earlier when they split up, they ultimately kind of end up in the same place that Shaggy and Scooby went to, which... What the fuck is the point of splitting up if you're just going to go to the same place? But okay. I know. And then why did they get there like a whole five minutes later? (laughs) Right. So they're looking around in the same area and they find the Cowboy Museum, which, you know, very fittingly has a Native American statue just hanging out (laughs) outside outside of it. (laughs) I loved that. Um, But I also like that when they're walking in, the, the bald one, Curly, he basically says something racist or... What did he call okay. the Native American so statue? So he goes, hey, Kimusabi, have you happened to see a girl that's about two inches high with glasses? The worst part is that the statue responds. Yeah. So, I mean, there's that. But also, it's racist. And also, inaccurate, Velma is not two inches high. She is three. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but then while he's about to just, you know, let it go and go back inside, that's when the Native American tries to swipe at him with an axe. And then he just goes, darn. Darn. (laughs) Like, okay. Um, and then while they're inside the museum, this is when they, you know, see all the, the different cowboy statues and they're just looking for, you know, something suspicious while also looking for Velma. And this is when the gunslinger is initially seen. He doesn't look like the gunslinger that we actually see fight Shaggy and Scooby, even though they're wearing the same clothes. Yeah, there's a um, mustache that keeps disappearing and reappearing. and Well, aside from that, but like the facial yeah, structure, he doesn't look different. the same person at all. Yeah. They run out of the museum, and then, and as like all three groups are beginning to reunite in the, the ghost town, they start like seeing all these holograms. They're seeing the Native American that we saw before, like doing this spastic dance and there's lightning and like a bunch of noise going on. Like it's just a bunch of fucking nonsense. Yeah. And they wind up hopping into a mine cart and they're just going to go into the mines and hide as they're going in. This was the most bizarre thing in the episode, in my opinion, when the entire screen just went black for five seconds. Like it wasn't intentional. Like there was no like, implied darkness or anything like that like no. and you could the three still... stooges just hopped in the cart and then the screen just went black but you could still hear the audio yeah, you could still hear audio and then like like it was as if you should have been able to see them but you didn't i'm not sure if this is just my dvd copy but i really don't think it is no they do end up in the mines and as they're riding they ultimately crash into a wall because i guess that's just a fitting end to the mine trail i guess <laughs> Well, and it was just super weird because after they crashed and everybody's like, how are we going to get out? And I was like, just follow the tracks. Clearly they lead out. Well, no, because then the ca- the cave-in happened. Oh, yeah. That's why they weren't able to get out. Okay. So now the, the gang is, again, divided. So now we have Fred, Daphne, Velma, and the Three Stooges all trapped underneath the mines. And then we have Shaggy and Scooby who just got done dealing with the gunslinger. Somehow Scooby fell down a well. Oh, he got scared. 
Is that what happened? I think. Or something. Like, he, some, I don't know. Somehow he got thrown. And then after Shaggy saves Scooby, they see, like, shadows in the office where they're trying to find um, Rhino and Crutch. Yeah. Crunch, whatever his fucking name is. And it turns out that they're actually dummies. They're not really there. Which, like, was funny because when we first saw the silhouettes of the people, like, they're, like, playing a card game, probably poker or whatever. That's how they're set up. Yeah. yeah. And so I looked at Derek and I was like, oh, those are fake. Well, yeah. And I was just like, how much you want to bet they're cardboard yeah. cutouts? But no, they actually went the extra mile. They're dummies. Yeah, like, they're, they are dummies. Gotta they give them just, that credit. Yeah, they weren't cardboard cutouts. But, yeah, no. So they are fake, though. They're not the real people because the real people are dressed up and chasing them around. Mm-hmm. One of the weirder aspects of this episode is when Shaggy starts talking to Scooby about trying to save the rest of the gang from down underneath the mine. Because they had just gotten done talking to them through, like, this pipe that's sticking up out of the ground that actually leads down to where Fred, Daphne, Velma, and the rest of them are trapped. Shaggy is telling Scooby that Scooby needs to come up with an idea on how to save them. Oh, yeah, the whole time. Shaggy's just like, it's up to you, and you can do it. And then he starts going on this whole rant about, like, I'm going to be quiet because I know that me being loud is, like, distracting to you, and you have to come up with this. So I'm going to be quiet because, you know, be, like, and just keep Doesn't talking. That ju- yeah, it does. And Scooby gets mad. Obviously. He, like, actually was mad. He yelled at Shaggy to shut up. And it's just like, okay, that's fine. Now, I have a quote written down, but I don't know when it was said. What was it? Only animals get trapped. I don't know when that was said or who said that. (laughs) I don't either. I didn't write down any other context with it. Just keep that in mind, listeners. That is said in this episode, and it is a pivotal Pivotal moment moment of only animals get trapped. Just keep that in mind. (laughs) They decide to use Tyrone, the mechanical Tyrannosaurus Rex, to basically, like, dig their way into the mine and, you know, save the rest of the gang. It works, miraculously, because Scooby-Doo. And, like, it's weird because they're using the the T-Rex's mouth to, like, like, dig. dig. But wouldn't the dirt just end up in the... Well, in see, the mechanical that, T-Rex itself. And that's what I said as it was happening, because I was like, well, we've seen that all of the workings for him is right there in his head. And, and it opens out. Yeah. Like, and when you can see out of the mouth. Well, because when he opened his mouth earlier and the whole gang was standing there, they were standing on his bottom jaw. Yes. And so they almost fell out. So I was, I don't know, it's just very concerning that they were eating this dirt and somehow, like, maybe I guess if you keep his head tilted, you just kind of have to hang on and then it won't. Stay in. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. While Shaggy and Scooby were trying to figure out how to save the rest of the gang, they're all, you know, trapped underneath. And this is when we learned that Curly's bat, Dingbat, is reacting to some uranium that they find while they're down there. Well, it starts going crazy again. I don't know if that's when we found out. No, this is when we find out. Oh, was it? Okay. The bat starts flying around the cave, just, you know, spazzing out. And... Was Curly glowing at this point? Yes. Yeah, wasn't he glowing? I was very really yeah. concerned about that one. Which is strange to me, because I don't think uranium's like, radioactive in that sense, <laughs> no. but that's that's fine. Fred and says why something... he's the only one reacting to it, I don't know. <laughs> one of the three stooges did something stupid, and in response, Fred says, I didn't know someone could be so Daphne. Yeah. That was kind of rude. And then, uh, so, well... 
the whole thing was, uh, so I didn't know anyone could be so Daphne. And then I think Daphne responded with, then you don't know the Three Stooges. Ooh, got him. Yeah, and I was just like, <laughs> like, Fred's just a fucking ass. He is an ass in this episode. And I didn't even know really how to write down this part, but while the Three Stooges are shoveling and trying to, you know, dig themselves out of this area of the mine... Fred, Daphne, and Velma are doing this, like, jumping bit. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> like, it was it was the weirdest thing I've ever seen. All three of them are doing, like, the um, like the two on the end go up and the one in the middle goes down. And then the one in the middle goes up and the other two go down. Like, it's, like, a little dance. I'm sure everybody knows it if you saw it. But, like, yeah, I, it was weird. It was so out of place. It did not make any sense. And also, at one point, I forgot to mention, while they're in the cave and they're trapped and somebody says something about um we'll be stuck here forever and i think it was curly says uh or no it was larry said i think it was larry says there's no such thing as forever just eternity thanks for that yeah i also noted that vama you know pointed out that they could use the the pipe to talk to shaggy and scooby and fred said hey there's a bright mind yeah like, like, he's just an okay, ass. I get it with the Three Stooges, because, yeah, duh. They're dumb. But then there's just Daphne there. Yeah. Who is, then, you know, just so Daphne. Well, yeah, because it's right <laughs> after he says, I didn't know anyone could be so Daphne. And it was just like, fuck you. Right. And then the last note I had for this group while they're trapped down there is that while Fred's talking to Shaggy and Scooby through the pipe, the bottom portion of his body, <laughs> like, on the bottom of the screen was just gone. Well, and then lovely animation error. I love it. I see it all the time too. Oh yeah, it happens often. Something else that I found was um when after they were done talking through the pipe and we're back talking or seeing uh, Shaggy and Scooby talk, and Shaggy goes, "You're supposed to be thinking of a way to rescue Velma." Like fuck everybody else that's down there. We just want Velma. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. So Shaggy and Scooby do ultimately save them from the mine. While they're all reuniting, this is when the whole front wall of a building just rises. <laughs> and a bat vehicle, the bat that we've been seeing at the beginning of the episode, it appears. And we are now assuming that Rhino and Crunch, as disguised as the gunslinger and the Native American, they've hopped in the bat mobile, essentially. Yeah. And they just start driving. They're trying to get away. Shaggy and Scooby, still in the in the T-Rex, maneuver the T-Rex in order to, you know, capture the Batmobile. At one point, the T-Rex, like, passed the Three Stooges, and then the T-Rex's tail, like, swooped from the other side of the screen <laughs> than where the T-Rex went and, like, hit them, which didn't make any sense. Like, it goes, like, we see, we see the tail go uh, off the right side of the screen, and then it pops up on the left side. Yeah, of the and then they're like, "Ah ha ha! It missed us!" And then boom, it hits them from the left side of the screen. And it was like, "What?" <laughs> we we had to rewind that, I think, yeah, just to make sure we saw that correctly. I, I didn't write anything about how they captured the Batmobile. I, I didn't just, either. I think at this point, I just let it go. But my next note was, "Stupid plan! Uranium triggers bat." <laughs> <laughs> I wrote down the quote um, with crunch for a manager who needs enemies. <laughs> um so now that the villains have been captured you know i think it just shifts over to the next day 
you know, now the park is open. Everyone's, you know, enjoying the park, which is strange because the reason why the park wasn't getting tourists is because it was apparently haunted, you know. But another problem was also that this entire place is just a hazard in terms it's of just safety. It's falling apart. So, like, that's completely unrelated to the crime <laughs> that's happening here at the ghost town. So, it's fine. We're just going to let it go and let all these people come. But you can also see, like, you know, tons of people enjoying the park from, like, a really wide shot. We had ended up pausing it just so I could get, like, a picture of something. And we found a little hidden gem. <laughs> It's not like, I don't think it was intentional, but someone is dressed up in the purple cloak and everything of Mrs. Baker from the dynamic Scooby-Doo affair. These worlds are connected. It matters. It's canon. (laughs) Um, My last note of the episode is just that the cop is telling Scooby that he did a great job solving the mystery, not the rest of the gang. He also acknowledges that Shaggy was Scooby's partner, even though... I feel like realistically it would have been the cop talking to Shaggy and saying that Shaggy's dog did a great job helping, but that's fine. It's okay. This whole episode was very much like leaving people out. Right. Even in terms of like, we need to rescue just Velma. (laughs) Right. And then Shaggy asks the cop if he can keep this little bag of uranium as like a keepsake. Which is, okay, so the uranium is in like a money bag. Yes. Why? The bag just has a dollar sign on it. Why? <laughs> Fred established when they were explaining the whole plan of the episode that it is illegal to sell uranium to anyone else but the government. Shaggy's going to sell that shit on the black market. Oh, 100%. I would. Or maybe he needs, like, uranium for... I don't know. Shaggy just doesn't seem like the keepsakey type of person. No, he doesn't. Which It was just a bizarre ending. So he was just like, can I keep this? Like, that was something I say at work, where I'm like, can I take this home? But that uranium did trigger the bat, and this is when we came up with the dilemma that the bat, you know, is either a male or a female, and we don't know which, but... Did we really go into the plan, like, the criminal master plan? Honestly, like, I think, for the most part, it was just Crunch and Rhino were going into the mines, stealing uranium, and selling it. Yeah, and then using all of the animatronics and stuff on the ghost town property to distract the three stooges while they did it. Yeah. So which I don't think they would have needed because honestly the three stooges are a bunch of idiots anyway. Yeah. But well, so like Tyrone would growl or like let out this really like loud roar, uh, like let's say twice a day. And when it would do that, everything would shake. And so like Derek and I before like the first watch through, we were like, okay, that's stupid. Why is everything shaking when he roars? It's obviously not that loud. Well, it's because we find out at the end of the episode that's when they're doing the dynamite, the dynamite, yeah, to get the uranium. So I mean, it it makes sense. It was a pretty decent plan, but still stupid. Like I get it, but like I don't know because Crunch is the Three Stooges managers. Like all Crunch had to do was literally just tell the Three Stooges, like, hey, I'll take care of this place. Won't you guys go, you know, I set you up with a meeting in LA or whatever, you know, get them out of town and then you can literally do whatever you want. And you don't need to go through all this trouble of releasing the animals and, you know, setting off the animatronics to do all this bunch of bullshit. Yeah. So with that, what did you rate Ghastly Ghost Town on the Scooby Snack-O-Meter? Honestly, like, I'm really upset because I was really looking forward to this season. I only gave it a one. As did I. Okay. Talk about it. Why did you give it a one? 
I mean, like, it's, like, it's just, a, it's a very disappointing episode. There's not much going on. And although, like, we cracked up because the one-liners are, like, really funny, it just, it didn't, like, the one-liners are so rude. And, like, it just, it was a really disappointing episode. There wasn't really anything to consist, like, I don't know, I just didn't like it. And then you couldn't even, like, consistently get the gender of a bat correctly. Like, it was just little things. Like, obviously. That right there screwed the episode over. (laughs) Well, it was just one of those things that I was just, like, really, like, you didn't try at all. Like, like you couldn't even flip to the beginning of your script to say, what did I, did I call it a boy before? Or, like, while you were editing the episode, you weren't like, oh, oops, we messed up. Like, it, it was just. And that's not just with the bat, though. That's with a lot with of things. the whole thing. Yes. You know, the five seconds of darkness and stuff like that. Like, Or when they were going to go look for Velma, and then we see Velma in the group. Yeah. Like, like it was just, there's, there's just so many things that clearly you didn't try hard I, enough. I echo all those sentiments. I think that it's a really lazy episode. I didn't really even feel like they were solving a mystery. No, it was just kind of like they were there. They weren't finding clues other than the fact that the uranium triggered the bat. I don't even think we saw dynamite. I think it was just kind of assumed that they're using dynamite. And usually in a Scooby-Doo episode, like, if Velma gets separated, she's the smart one. Excuse me. She would have explored a little bit and I'm sure would have found dynamite down there. No, instead she stayed in place and waited for Fred and Daphne to fall on her. (laughs) But aside from that, like, they didn't do anything. All they did was just get separated. They run around for a little bit and then they reunite and then get separated again. And it's it's just that same formula that's not just the typical Scooby-Doo work. Because, you know, in, in normal Scooby-Doo formula, yeah, they do get separated and they find clues on their own. But while they're separated in these in these episodes, they're not doing anything. No. In in this episode, they, they got separated and Fred and Daphne went into the desert they for five... They got fucking lost in the <laughs> desert. Well, they went to the desert for five minutes and got really dehydrated and started, like, imagining things. And then they came back. They found nothing out in the desert. No, they did find a cactus who we don't know who the cactus we was. We found some random pedophile <laughs> out in, in the thing. Like, it was, that wasn't anybody. I promise you, that was not Crunch or Rhino. <laughs> it was just some random guy in the desert dressed yeah. in a cactus that was, It was some rando, like, I promise you it was not Crunch or Rhino. It could not have been. But so then, but you, you know, you just... They didn't find anything out there. And then you've got Velma, who falls, gets separated, and then just stands still. She doesn't do anything. Shaggy and Scooby just fight a cowboy. Yeah. That's all they do. And the three students, I can't even tell you anything that they did. Because they're so boring and useless. They basically... And honestly, the Three Stooges didn't do anything. No, they didn't. They didn't do a single fucking thing in this episode. Why are they here? No, because... Okay, so... Shaggy and Scooby go and look in town... And then five minutes later, after, like, Scooby and Shaggy are dealing with the gunslinger, and then that's when the Three Stooges show up to look in town again. Like, I'm very confused with that. And then they find, like, some random, like, coal mine entrance, and they deal with that. And it's just, like, nobody found anything. And then the only reason the, like, quote-unquote mystery got solved was because the Batmobile came out of this building Mm -hmm. had they waited just like an hour they could have gotten away with it i agree so with your one and my one ghastly ghost town gets a one 
I'm not. It's a really unapologetic one. I'm really happy to award it. Oh yeah, no, I am too. I'm just I, the only reason I'm upset is because like last season we watched so many bad episodes, and then you know we got Jeepers, it's the Creepers, and I was so excited for this season. And uh, I'm just I'm hoping we can recover. <laughs> we won't. <laughs> <laughs> so, are you ready for a fun fact for the week? Always. Okay. This one's not related to this episode. It's just a fun fact. Because there's nothing fun about this episode. No, there isn't. Did you know that Shaggy had an ancestor that came to America on the Mayflower? No. Yeah. Uh, Shaggy's ancestor was named McBaggy Rogers. And his dog, Yankee Doodle Doo, is Scooby's ancestor. (laughs) We learned this in the episode Wedding Bell Booze, parts one and two, when Shaggy's sister is getting married. Uh Uh-huh. Um, so yeah. Cute. Fun fact. Yeah. So next week we'll be moving on to the Scooby-Doo show as our next series. Shannon, would you like to randomize what we'll be watching next week? Yeah. All right. Here we go. We will be watching A Scary Night with a Snow Beast Fright. Ooh, I like this episode. I don't think I've seen it. I've seen it many times as a kid. I haven't watched it recently, so I'm curious to see how it's aged. Okay. Here is a premise for this episode coming from Scoobypedia. The gang go to visit their friend, Professor Kruger, up in the North Pole, but he's disappeared before they get there. It turns out a fur-covered dinosaur is wandering around and may be the reason for the professor's disappearance. Dun, dun, dun. Should be interesting. Yeah. You don't sound excited <laughs> for that at all. <laughs> it's just so cold. <laughs> so I have a few bits of Scooby-Doo news. Pretty excited to share. All right. So for one, the Scooby-Doo and the Curse of the 13th Ghost is coming out on Tuesday, February 5th. This episode should be going up on February 1st. So it should only be a matter of days if you want to get your hands on that DVD. I'm so excited. As am I. I will definitely be at Walmart or Meyer or wherever I have to go to get that movie. Another bit of news. Uh, the London Toy Fair has shared a new batch of Scooby-Doo Pop Funkos that are going to be coming out in 2019. It has Scooby and Shaggy each enjoying a sandwich. Okay. And then there's four villain Pop Funkos coming out. Ooh. So right now they only have one villain uh, Pop Funko available. It was a limited edition one. It was the Creeper, as a matter of fact. Did you get it? Yeah, I have it. Okay. Um, But for this next round of Pop Funkos, they're going to be having ones for the Ghost Clown, the Space Kook, the Green Ghost, and the Witch Doctor. Ew. (laughs) (laughs) That last one did not make you happy at all. (laughs) But um, they're also releasing a Scooby-Doo Pop Funko keychain, which I will be getting multiple of so I can have for use and for putting away. I want one. I'll get you one. Okay. Okay. So then I actually have a piece of sad news coming from DC Comics. Yeah. April 2019 will be the last release of the Scooby Apocalypse comic book series. The series will be finishing with 36 full issues, marking a whole three years of the series being in syndication. I'm devastated to hear this, personally. I love Scooby Apocalypse. And it's sad, in my opinion, because it's such a really niche thing 
for Scooby-Doo fans. You yeah. know, because Scooby-Doo is already a really niche interest, in my opinion. But then, you know, you go even further in, and not a lot of Scooby-Doo fans are reading Scooby Apocalypse. And they're just going to end it. And it's one of the most bizarre iterations of Scooby-Doo to exist. I mean, it's something that, like, you wouldn't really think Scooby would take that step into, but it's it's very interesting. And I've shown you the comics before. Oh, yeah. Like, it's nothing like what we review on this podcast every week. No. And, yeah, from what I've heard in a separate article, I can't say if it's necessarily true, but apparently a new DC Comics executive just didn't like the Hanna-Barbera reboots, including, like, the Flintstones and the Jetsons ones that were also being released. So he just kind of canceled all of them. Okay. Thanks. Yeah. It makes me sad, too, because, I mean, I'm not going to go into major spoilers, but I will just say I just read issue 33 of Scooby Apocalypse, and they introduced, like, a new, like, villain that the gang's going to be fighting, and a bunch of crazy shit's going on. And in my opinion, the story's actually getting really good at the moment. So now it's like, oh, by the way, three issues later, it's over. Well, you know what they always say? Leave the people wanting more. Yeah, but that means I won't get it. (laughs) (laughs) So that's my bit of Scooby-Doo news for the week. Shannon, where can our listeners contact us if they want to talk about Ghastly Ghost Town or A Scary Night with a Frozen Fright? Well, if you'd like to talk to us about either of those or anything in the past or future that you'd like to see, anything interesting, fun, whatever, you can find us on Twitter at GroovyScoopCast or our website, which is www.ThatGroovyScoopCast.com. You can also contact us via email at thatgroovyscoopcast at gmail.com. And with that, we hope you enjoyed That Groovy Scoopcast. Come back next week for Scooby Snack Filled Time. Bye, guys. Bye.